Hi, Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath coming to you today to talk to you about personality and relationship, <laughs> which sounds like an odd topic for a naturopath to talk about. I recognized a few years into my practice that the uh, relationships of our life and the emotional energy of our life has a lot to do with our physical health and also with our ability to uh, go after improving our physical health and putting ourselves first when it comes to certain things. I was having a discussion with someone just recently and one of the things that is very clear is that women especially have trouble putting themselves first in order to be the best they can be for the people in their lives. So if you are, you know, in a, in a relationship, in a situation, in a job situation, even we oftentimes sacrifice ourselves in order to please others. And in doing so, we put our health at jeopardy, physical, mental, emotional health, and then we can't be supportive for others. My favorite analogy is when you think of a, like a vase and it's empty, that's most women today is our vases are pretty empty. And so we need to put ourselves under the waterfall in order to fill our vase up and then we can overflow for others. But how do you fill your vase up? So one of the things that is important in this process of filling our vases up and being able to set our boundaries and stand in our own power is to understand certain elements of our personality development. Now, personality development happens over many, many years. It is a response to our environment. It's a response to the people in our world and how they interact with us. And it's how we form our response to life in order to achieve a certain thing. So it might be in order to achieve a certain position at work or to avoid confrontation in a relationship or to get someone to like us or to pay attention to us. So one of the things that I love to learn about is the behavioral mechanisms of how we control energy in ourselves and in others. And I recall reading a book in college because I was fascinated with uh, psychology in college and that fascination has continued as I get older. I recall reading about energy control mechanisms. And I wanna to talk today about those because I hope that they'll give you a little bit of insight into yourself and your relationships. And then uh, I'll give you some uh, things to do, if you will, um, to be free of these energy control mechanisms and in your own center and in your own power. So energy control mechanisms refer to the way in which, which each of us attempts to control the energy exchange between ourselves and another person. We learn these ways of managing energy from the moment we're born. When we cry and someone comes to comfort us, we then learn that crying might bring that reaction. Depending on the parenting skills or the styles of those who raised us, we adapt to meet those needs. 
even the exchange, like your exchange between yourself and maybe a sibling, a teacher, a family member, a friend, it teaches us how we behave as we move through the world. This is a very reactive subconscious way of living. And most of us are in that space. I was for many, many years. Sometimes we model these energy control mechanisms we see in people we like or we wish to be like. So we will uh, change our appearance, uh, live in a different place, get a different job, drive a certain type of car, act a certain way. I've even seen people adopt uh, a... uh, Uh, an accent when they're speaking to someone because they're so busy being the chameleon to be what everybody else wants to be as a way to be liked or included or uh, feel accepted. But we, we are not our true selves when we're there. And it, when you become aware of it, it begins to feel very inauthentic, which is a really uncomfortable place to be. And your authentic self is the place you will be most comfortable. So let's go through some of the energy control mechanisms, the categories that have been identified. First is the dominator. The dominator controls by being in charge. They want to make decisions for other people. They're oftentimes very intimidating. It may be just easier to go along with these people They like to be leaders and can be good leaders when they're in balance, not afraid to speak up, tend to do so very often and sometimes at the expense of other people. They can be opinionated, take the attitude of that's fine for you, but I'll do what is best for me. They can easily be spotted. Like if you see them in a situation, they'll joke or feel comfortable around other dominators, but not for very long. There's generally only room for one dominator in a small group. Even the manner in which they dress and carry themselves indicates that they are self-confident. The reality is, deep within, the dominator actually seeks self-worth. They're looking for validation by having other people follow them. They're comfortable around the poor me's, and we'll get into that, who often seeks protection of a stronger personality. You can help them by making sincere compliments that bring them the validation they so desperately seek. The important thing is to be sincere and only compliment what you believe to be true, not what you think that they want to hear. Be honest and don't give in to their domination because it makes life easier. It's important to bring your power centered so that you can state how you really feel But don't react if they take offense. Learning to take things personally, not take things personally, is a big part of avoiding uh, using an energy control mechanism. The hard part about all of these is choosing if you really want to be part of this type of energy, energy exchange. It's important to remember right now that you are exactly where you've chosen to be. You may not be a conscious choice. This is not meant to make you feel bad. But the point is become aware of it. So if you have a dominator in your life, and most of us do have a dominator in our lives, it's important to 
validate those individuals, not be reactive to their domination. So, you know, these are the people that are going to demand that you do something. And if it's not something you're comfortable with doing or it feels like a manipulation or a force, don't do it. Politely decline. They may not be real happy about that. But over time, you will teach them how to treat you. This is important. you got to teach people how to treat you. So I was a dominator for many years. I come from a family of dominators. So that was the behavior that I learned. I still can if I need to take charge of a situation. But the difference is, is that I go into that situation. Sometimes I take charge because of the individuals that are involved, maybe the situation's out of control and I may have skill set that I can uh, that I can provide, but I'm very conscious about including everyone. I'm very conscious about not taking over and being commanding. If an emergency situation that's different. But if it's just a group situation, let's say we're planning a party and nobody's doing anything. I might step up and say, "How about I'll make a list of things we need to do and you guys tell me what you want to bring." So I've taken a leader leadership position, but I'm not commanding anything. I'm not saying to someone, you bring potato salad and you bring plates and you bring the tents and chairs. I haven't said that. What I've done is simply taken my leadership ability and I'm helping to organize things. And then, of course, it has to be, you know, the individuals that I'm involved with. Thank you so much for your contribution. I really appreciate it. Is there something else you think you could bring? Is there something you would rather bring, including them in the conversation? So now I'm conscious of the fact that I'm a good leader. I can take charge. I'm okay speaking up when I need to, but I'm also controlled and filtered with it. And it's a very conscious decision. I make it a choice rather than being a reaction. Okay, so let's move on to the interrogator. These people control by asking questions and gathering information. They're oftentimes very comfortable socially and will seek out the good in others. They're also great leaders when they are in balance. They tend to take on too much. So they can fulfill the need to be a hardworking, good person. When they do not agree with someone, they will not need to tell them what they do. Rather, they will ask questions to bring the other person around to the decision that they feel is best for them. It's a sneaky approach, but after all, they're such great people, you wouldn't want to let them down, right? Essentially, they're collecting up points for when they need help or support or a pat on the back. They can do this for years sometimes because before they call in the favor, out of guilt, others will comply. What an interrogator seeks is to be acknowledged. Words of praise are the food to their soul. They'll seek others out to list all that they have done just for one compliment. This is the fuel that lights their fire and gives them the courage and endurance to go on. It might sound a little dramatic and yeah, yeah, that'd be a pretty good description. <laughs> These people need to learn that doing a good job well for the sake of doing it right is all the praise they need. Their true acknowledgement can come from self-satisfaction. When you are not in control of energy control mechanisms. You don't have a need for, for external validation. You internally validate. And part of that internal validation is I'm centered. I know who I am. I know what my priorities are and I'm doing what I like to do. 
what makes me happy. And in helping others, I get my own validation. Now, words of affirmation, words of praise are always a nice thing to hear. They really are a very nice and they're good to support other people if they're not done to manipulate that person. So what I'm saying is because a person might be centered and confident doesn't mean they don't like to hear, thank you for doing what you did. You did a fantastic job. Those are always amazing things to say. However, if you identify yourself as an interrogator, uh, which is kind of a manipulator at some level because you identify then that I'm doing this so I can get feedback and praise, then you can do the work to internally validate yourself. And when the outside world doesn't validate you, you don't feel hurt by that. When someone doesn't say thank you or praise you for something, you don't feel hurt by it. You just know you did a good job and you're happy with yourself because you did a good job. All right, the aloofs. The aloof seems to be the most likely, unlikely person. Actually, the most, yeah, the most unlikely person to control others. And yet they do so in a very stealthy way. <laughs> because energy control mechanisms are the way in which we control the exchange of energy. These people get to others to give up their energy in order to be part of an aloof person's life. So if I think of an aloof person, this is the person that I would call the powder. So what they'll do is they'll come in, let's say you invite them to the birthday party and um, they're not getting any attention. So what they'll likely do is they'll start an argument or um, maybe they won't, but they will probably burst out something ridiculous and then they will go sit on the couch hoping someone will come and rescue them will come and pay attention to them. These people get others to give up their energy. In other words, as they're pouting on the couch, as they're being aloof, you're distracted from the birthday party because you're worried about that person. You don't want them to not feel included. So you might leave the birthday party to go spend time with them. They've now gotten your energy versus the person whose birthday it is. And you probably know people in your circle who are aloof. And if you've identified this in yourself, uh, the, the tools and techniques we're going to talk about will be really beneficial for yourself. Because again, I go back, goes back to internal validation. When you seek external validation, you are very often going to be disappointed. When you have internal validation and you are centered and balanced, if you don't get the external validation, it's okay. And in fact, it's so much easier to come to the birthday party and pay attention to the person whose birthday it is and give them the adoration and the praise in a very healthy way. Aloof people will not volunteer much information about themselves, right? They seem very private and kind of inside. They generally go along the plans with their dominator. So you'll oftentimes see an aloof person matched up with a dominator. And what'll happen is the dominator will yell or, or make a demand and the aloof person will cross their arms and storm off. I'm not giving you that. <laughs> uh, they will not likely choose to participate, however. If you ask them if they like to go out or what they want to do, they often respond by saying, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Although they're very capable they don't want you, they don't want to be in charge. If you know them very well, they may confide in you what should have been done. 
but will very rarely speak up in a group or state their opinion. Aloof people need to realize they are of value and that other people do care about their opinion. They need to realize that by withholding of themselves, they rob others of energy. They need to be assured at the deepest level, which will bring the security they so deeply, deeply and desperately desire. They can surprise and delight others by giving of their energy freely and are often partners and friends with interrogators because the interrogators are willing to ask them questions and pull them out of their cave that they're living in. Okay. Poor me is the last energy control mechanism. We've all probably used this energy control mechanism to our advantage. Yet for some of us, it's a primary one. The poor me person will volunteer their problems and hurts to you. They will often talk about the same topic in a number of ways, and they will tell everyone about it. Conversations with them can be hard to end. They appear to be stuck in the past, reliving pains they do not know how to overcome. The world or luck seems to be against them. They have a hard time accepting compliments that often deny or downplay nice things others say to them. In the extreme of this personality type, others, although they do not really enjoy the company of a poor me, will include them out of guilt. Guilt-sensitive people will encourage others to include their poor me's as well to events and family gatherings. At the deepest level, the poor me's seek to be loved. They have within their hearts a void of soul nourishment from others. It's likely to have begun very young. Maybe they had a parent who was not nourishing to them. Uh, maybe these are individuals who lost a parent at a young age. Uh, they're unable to see themselves as these amazing divine spiritual beings. If they understand at a mental level, they don't experience at an emotional level. They have to learn to find happiness from within themselves, not happiness associated with attention given to them by others. They're best helped by uh, Bach flower remedies are a great way to go. Uh, essential oils, therapies involving touch like light touch therapy or Reiki and reading inspiring books so they can learn to focus on and attract better energy. All of these will build their self-conscious self-confidence and their self-worth. We, we live in a society that tends to tell us we are not worthy unless we meet all of these external measures. The reality is, as we are a spark of creation and we are divine spiritual energy given to us by a creator that just loves and adores us, that our self-confidence and our self-worth was embedded in our hearts the moment we were created. And we are absolutely worth everything. Okay. So how do you become free of your energy control mechanisms? Now I'm going to add something in the beginning of this. This is not an instant thing. There's no take the pill and automatically you're free of it. <laughs> it is going to take consciousness. In other words, be aware of how you're reacting in situations. And then it's going to take active, actively choosing another way of being. So I would recommend you spend a couple of days with yourself. Kind of break away if you can for a couple of days, go camping, 
we are fortunate to have some silent retreat centers in the area. Rent a cabin on the beach and spend a couple of days away from your cell phone, away from other people and get to know yourself. Don't be afraid of this process. Because in the heart center of what is you is this amazing, beautiful, incredible human being. It might be layered upon by the things that have been told to you that tried to tear you down. And it may have blankets upon it for all the times you tore yourself down and told yourself you weren't good enough. You're too fat. You're too ugly. You're, you're not smart enough. You're not educated enough. How many things do we tell ourselves that are absolute lies? Because the reality is you have this beautiful heart and the world needs your beautiful heart. Okay? So this is about restoring your energy field. It's about grounding yourself, about breathing, um, about finding and connecting with your heart. Um, music can be beneficial there. Meditation. Um, spend some time thinking about where you've given your energy away and, and recall that energy. Anywhere a part of you is stuck in the past. Okay. And there are some forgiveness exercises that are great for this. Uh, there's an angel buckets meditation. That's really good. Uh, if you, um, would love to have an opportunity to set up one of these weekends and would love to some, some tools and things you can do over the course of that weekend, just get in touch with me. Happy to set up some time to go through you through that with you. Identify your own energy control mechanism. Uh, newsflash. I used all of them at one point in time or another, <laughs> depending on the situation I was in. Um, so don't be surprised if they all resonate with you, but you're likely to have a, a primary. Forgive yourself for using that. Guys, you didn't know better. Give yourself some grace. And work to not use them anymore. If you're a dominator, let others decide for themselves. Seek out their opinions Choose to be more flexible and listen more often. Dominators, hear me. It's going to be hard, but you must listen more than you talk. Okay? <laughs> if you're an interrogator, stop asking questions unless they are genuinely needed. Unless they advance the conversation and bring the other person support. Do not set other people up to compliment you. Be still every day in meditation and speak the words you need to hear. If you are a dominator, know that you are. What was the word? Know that you are worthy. If you are aloof, know that your opinion counts. If you are the interrogator, know that you are amazing. Praise yourself for the, find all of the good qualities and traits that you have and praise yourself for those. And if you are the poor me, love yourself. Because you are definitely worth loving. 
for sure. If you are aloof, send your energy out towards others without draining yourself. So drop into your heart center. Say, I love me. I am love. I love others. Okay. If you are a poor me, refrain from sharing your hurts and hardships unless they're in a therapeutic environment. If you're working with myself or another individual who, uh, who is intended upon helping you to move beyond the hurts and hardships into the triumphs, seek out a means of healing those hurts and learn to accept compliments and give them without an expected return. I think that's important. Compliment people because that's the right thing to do and it's good for them and it's good for you. No expectation of anything in return. Identify the energy control mechanisms and others and recognize that there is a reason for them and the mechanisms that they use. They're not intentionally trying to hurt you. Most often they are completely not conscious of what they are doing or saying and forgive them for it. Your job is not to judge them. No different than you don't want to be judged. It's not for you to judge them. It's for you to accept them and to love them. Do not justify yourself. Do not justify your actions. Do not give excuses. And mostly for the women who are listening to this, I love you. Please stop saying I'm sorry to everything. If you, are, if you genuinely hurt someone and it was not intentional, say I'm sorry. Do not say I'm sorry for everything that happens. And I would encourage you to be aware of that because there are so many people who say I'm sorry for way more than they should. <laughs> Justifications are also easily identified by the word but. Remove it from your vocabulary because the word but cancels everything that you said just before it. I love you but cancels the I love you. Now, if you want to say to them, it's important to me that you discontinue doing this behavior. You are important to me. I love you and I want our relationship to be healthy. Please stop doing this thing. That validates the person. It gives you boundaries. It states your opinion and it does so in a way that validates you and the other person. It doesn't justify your actions, their actions. It does not shame them. It does not um, take away power from anybody. In fact, it empowers everyone. And that simple, simple vocabulary change makes all the difference. It's important to me that I accomplish this today. Kids, it's important to me that mommy gets 15 minutes to myself. So I'm going to ask you to color for 15 minutes or play music and dance or go outside on the trampoline for 15 minutes while mommy gets 15 minutes. And then when I'm done, I want to hug and snuggle you and we'll watch TV together. That's completely acceptable, moms. It's something you need to do because you will be strengthened by that 15 minutes. And you'll have an easier time with your kids. And you will also teach them boundaries as well. 
because this goes well beyond us, right? It's important for us, but I believe this is the generation that says, I'm going to break all of these generational cycles of hurt and mistrust and bad behavior, if you will. I'm breaking those cycles with myself and then with my family and my kids. Because the more you learn this and the better you become at this, the better you will be for your kids. Number four, find someone already in your life and create space for someone who will not use any of, the, any of these energy control mechanisms on you or upon them. This person will become one of your greatest supports as you will be for them. Challenge each other to grow and be honest. Even if you think it might hurt, in a true and great relationships, these are the requirements. I recall a friend of mine telling me a story that 20 years before that, she'd had a situation where she had a couple of really good friends and they were about to go on a, on a trip and she was being very domineering. And her friend finally got mad and said, I'm not going if you're going to control the whole thing. She wasn't even aware that she was controlling all of it. That's just how she did things. She said that moment was an eye opener for her. She now recognized that her behavior was problematic and it was hurting her friend, which she didn't want to do. So that was great because then she said, okay, I'm sorry. Let's, let's rewind. Let's do this again. What do we need to do together to help this trip be amazing? And so that just shifted things for her. And it was, a, it was literally a moment of life shift. And a, it was really a moment of awareness. And a good friend will do that for you. And her friend said years later when they talked about it, I was scared to death to say that to you because I thought for sure you'd get mad at me and then our trip would be over. And that possibility exists. The person may not be ready to hear it. But that one thing you say might be the exact thing that's said in love that helps shift that for that person, that, that gives them that awareness. So finding people in your life that lovingly say to you, and it might seem really harsh at the moment. It might seem like, why are you being mean to me? My intention is not to be mean to you. I want you to be aware of this so that this is no longer a problem for you. Okay. So those are good people to have in your life. All right. It would be great if this were your spouse, partner, significant other. It may not be that person, not right away. You may have to do this work on your own, find your center, balance yourself, and then you have an option later than to, or it, as time and things develop to reconnect with that person on a healthier level. Okay. Work on yourself first. Absolutely. Choice is the most important thing we have. I choose, I choose to be mad. I choose to be mad at you for saying that thing to me. However, now I choose to look at the situation, understand if I did something to make that a problem, and I choose to behave differently. I choose to feel sorry for myself. In this moment, I choose to feel sorry for myself. And when that moment is past, I will then choose 
to love myself. Okay, choice is important. So, energy control mechanisms, really important, right? It's important to be to recognize this in yourself and in and in others around you. Uh, my um, my word for twenty twenty is relationship. So this is one piece of it. I started doing this work a few years back to understand my how I was controlling the energy of a situation through these mechanisms and to shift that. Um, fortunately, I had read the book in college. Apparently, it had embedded itself enough in my memory that as I've done my work, that this has been a piece of that work. And then it was brought back to my attention uh, a couple of years ago. And then the other one that I find is very interesting to start with as a, a, an early informational piece of it. Gretchen Rubin has a great book called The Four Personality Tendencies. So I might encourage you to get that on, um, you know, if you can get it on audio book and listen to it as you're driving around or when you're cleaning house or when you're doing your workouts or whatever you're doing, um, or buy the book and read it. Get to know yourself and get to know the people around you because it will help you to navigate life much more easily to understand where people are coming from. Uh, I'm recording this in the middle of June 2020 uh, as we have lots of protests and riots going on around the country. If you, if you hop on social media, there are fights and arguments happening. There's positioning happening. And as I look at it in terms of energy control mechanisms and as I look at it in terms of the four personality tendencies, it allows me to see the heart of the person as they're speaking, where they're coming from. And then I can change my message so that I can speak into their heart and not, you know, it helps me to avoid the arguments. Now, it doesn't mean you aren't going to argue with people because some people just want to argue. But as I shift how I present something, people hear the message, not the instigation. And so they're automatically put on edge. In fact, they're more likely to settle down and then we can have a conversation. Because in the end, what's going to solve this challenge and the others we have facing us is conversation, compassion, and love. It's not going to be yelling and screaming at each other. In fact, if you look at how these interchanges are happening within the uh, protesters and the rioters, I hear a lot of um, talking over somebody, not listening to them. If their opinion is different, they get um, sworn at or flip the bird or told to go take a hike. And I, I don't say it that politely. They aren't saying go take a hike. <laughs> They're saying go F off. Um, because the way that they're, they're not ready emotionally, they're so, and their nervous system is so jacked up in fear or, um, anger or disappointment or distress that they're not, they're in their limbic brain. They are not thinking clearly there. There's no common sense conversation happening in their brain, purely reaction. It is purely fear monster coming up. So the individuals who are trying and their heart is in the right place to have a conversation with them are not, we're not going to get to that point. 
until we can calm things down, until we, we, um, we let out some of this anger, we come down, our nervous systems calm down out of fight flight. And we can come to a place where we can have a conversation from a place of heart and compassion. All people are amazing and wonderful and incredible. All of us have ways we navigate the world and it's very differently. And our experiences are all very different. And those reactions are born of the experiences we've had. And to be candid with you, the best healing you can do right now is to heal yourself. Because when a person comes to you and they are in a place of not being happy and healed, then you may be the person who can help guide them, who can help get them on that road. All right. So um, I will present more on these kinds of topics in the future. Because it's a fascinating look at ourselves. I want to tie in health for just a minute. It's not uncommon for people to wonder why psychology relates to health. (laughs) Um, A dominator might say, you can't tell me what to eat. If I want to eat pizzas and drink Red Bull, then I'm going to do it, damn it. The aloof person might um, go and hide and eat in secret. So they might eat vegetables in front of you, but then they'll go as they're out and about at the gas station and grab, you know, Swiss cake rolls and a Pepsi. I've done that as well. Um, The interrogator is most likely going to ask you so many questions about why they should get healthy that you'll likely throw your hands up and say, do whatever you want. Um, So that gives you an idea of how the personality tendencies tend to interfere with, um, interfere with health. Uh, And as you can learn to engage with those individuals at the level that they're at, you can then connect with them with what they need. So hopefully that was fascinating for you. There's so much to human interaction and psychology. Uh, and it's super fascinating. So I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, have an amazing, wonderful, incredible week. I wish, wish you many blessings, much joy, much awareness, and much healing. Hi, it's Juliana Sauber, traditional naturopath and health detective. We often have mysteries in our health. We aren't sure why something is happening. It keeps coming back and we can't get any answers. I was in the same place that you're in. And that's why I studied naturopathy. And I'm so passionate about helping you to to dissolve your health mysteries and create a lifestyle that helps you to be healthy, to be in control of your health and feel confident going through the world. In addition to helping you to manage the energy flow in your body with 
helping you to resolve emotional traumas and turmoils, to cleanse and detoxify, to feel amazingly well, to be happy in your life, settled and coming into your own, empowered and strengthened and knowing who you are and what you want in life. One-on-one -on -one consultations are available along with energy and emotional release sessions, bioenergetic analysis, which allows you to answer so many questions about what your body needs to be at its most optimum and healthy. You can find me at www.wholebodyrenewalcenter.com, Whole Body Renewal Center on Facebook. My phone number is 269-815-6354 and also Defy Gravity on all podcast major platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Don't be slowed down because you're not in Michigan. I can work with anyone anywhere. So if you're ready to solve your health mysteries, if you're ready to get your energy balanced and flowing well, to be peaceful, happy, and to know what your life is going to look like for the future, then please get in touch with me and let's get you started on an amazing program. Take care. God bless. Have a great day.